I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. And here we are at episode 175 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. As ever, big shout to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to support, just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile where you'll find a drop-down box and the link to the Patreon page is there. And if not, that's fine because this content is free for everyone. Well, today I'm going to take you to meet Kira Rathbone. And if you don't know Kira, she's the typewriter artist. Yep, typewriter. If you're a follower of Landscape Artist of the Year on Sky Arts, you would have seen her on there a couple of years ago, just using a typewriter as a drawing tool. And when I went to the Art Car Boot Fair this year, I knew I was approaching Kira's stall long before I saw her, because she'd put a microphone in front of the typewriter, which was joined up to a speaker. The first artist I've ever seen that's literally busking. Well, that's turned out to be a fairly good segue, because if I remember rightly, we go straight into our conversation talking about the Art Car Boot Fair. So, I think I'll say bye for now, and catch you at the end, and let you join me over Zoom, speaking to Kira Rathbone. How did you find the boot sale? Yeah, it's good. I found um, it 
it seemed a bit kind of quieter than than before. It felt like it, didn't it? It is like post, like lockdown, like yeah. times, isn't it? It's like, um, I don't know if it's affected everything, you know? But, yeah. Uh, it was really nice and the, there was still the buzz there, but yeah, I found that it wasn't quite a, quite as like intense. Yeah. As but it was, yeah, it's definitely my favorite art happening oh, yeah. of the year. Definitely mine too. I wanted to try and get in there for years, but I didn't know how. Um, and then it was Sophie Parkin. Um, she said she put me in touch with Karen. So, nice. And Karen invited me to come and do it in 2018. So when I was there, I was just like, I'm in the now I'm in the right place. Yeah, yeah that was good fun. Good yeah. fun. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Good weather as well. I know we sound like a couple of old Brits saying that, but... Yeah, it was good weather to Marvelous be there, weather, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, right, Kira, I've got several questions that I ask each artist on this podcast. The first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? I would say that I use old typewriters to draw with. So I use the characters from the typewriters, looking at them. Uh, as shapes and textures and yeah. sort of draw or paint directing where each one goes with the by moving the paper up and down yeah so um i'm literally like drawing with the typewriter brilliant so are you restricted to a1 a uh, sorry a4 a4 but it's actually 22 centimeters not 21. okay okay <laughs> if we're gonna get yeah time. yeah I'm restricted, yeah, on the one page. I have got an A3 typewriter. So oh, wow, I don't think I've ever seen one. Pieces. So, and then, like, obviously, like, any height. Yeah. But if I, if I want to work on something on a larger scale, then what I do is use multiple sheets. Yeah, like tiles. So, yeah. Yeah. So if I'm, um, like, I was just down at St Ives doing a commission, and it was, we wanted, the idea was a panorama. Yeah. So I started there and then I went there and then yeah. there. Yeah. And then, so. Because I'd seen your works that are A3 and presumed that that was just sort of raw sheets all, all put together, you know. Sometimes I, because um, I scan everything I do really high res and then um, I like sort of blowing them up. So oh, nice, that's yeah. that one there. That, that, oh, okay. That yeah. was about only little piece like that. But um, I enjoy blowing them up so that you can see the characters. Yeah, nice. Really, yeah, I think it emphasizes it a bit. So I've got to ask, how did this come about? I never, I never set out to to do. I didn't think like oh, I'm going to make typewriter art ever. Yeah, I, I figured that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah. It came about because I was at art school, and you know, like fine art, it's like completely. It just sort of blew it open wide yeah. for me and I didn't have really that when you look back you can see like connections in what you of course, yeah. but um at the time I was kind of like struggling to find a focus and there was a girl in my studios who was typing on a typewriter some notes for her sketchbook I think and just seeing it the typewriter made me remind reminded me that I bought one in a charity shop yeah. Um, like a few years before, but just bought it and not done anything with it. And then I just thought, I'm going to get that typewriter. And 
um, maybe I'll type something. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Um, but I always struggled with words to articulate yeah. uh, what's in my head. Oh, I'm with you um, there. Uh, yeah, really struggled. And like reading was quite slow for me. And I didn't have a, like a knock on effect is like not very much vocabulary. Um, yeah. So when I had the typewriter in front of me, I was like intimidated and um, I didn't know what to write at all. Um, but I still really love the characters and I love I love the print. Yeah. Um, I love that it's an instant print and, the death, and I like the sensitivity of the keys um, and I like the font. So it's kind of like I still want to use you. <laughs> well, as um, much as we're all so familiar now with typewritten text, be it from emails and computers and whatnot. When you see a letter written via a typewriter, there is that sort of little bit of nostalgia there, isn't there? It's a little bit more personal. It's between mm. the pen and the computer screen, isn't it, you know? Yeah, it's sort of um, intentional yeah. and deliberate. Yeah. Um, yeah, that someone set aside a bit of time yeah, to definitely. actually do that. and. So yeah, I had I had that in front of me, and I and I remember this mixtape that my friend made me. You know the little stickers that you'd write. Yeah, on? yeah. Um, he'd he'd put like I think he'd put like a row of question marks or a row of forward slashes, and yeah. that made me think maybe I could do some of that. Uh, so I was just like pressing like l l l l l l l something like that, and then something just made me feel suddenly free and yeah like, I could nice. machine and um I still I still wasn't like right I'm gonna draw like portraits and landscape it was just like uh, an experiment yeah, mark making yeah yeah mark making um and yeah it kind of unlocked it for me because you know you need to know what you're gonna write if you're gonna type it of course yeah yeah to suddenly see them as shapes like an L is a, a row of L's is quite a nice pattern um, and then I started moving the, the 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 paper, like see if I could maybe draw with it. That Clayton, I think it's called. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. So I was just like, oh, maybe I could do a vertical something. And then I was like overlapping a bit. It quite quickly became like a fluid movement on there. Yeah. Did you draw on the A4 first, and then sort of colour in, as it were, with the typewriter? To begin with, it was just. Free type, and as I got more into it, and I wanted to do portraits, I, I marked it out with a with a yeah, pencil. Yeah, of course, yeah, more precise. Um, and I did do that for a while, and I did a like a little exhibition in Bristol with people like my friends and stuff. Something about that was like containing it too much. Yeah. And yeah. Um, although I have done that a bit over the years with the pencil, I really don't want to because. It's yeah, it's it's, it's, it's not it's authentic. What yeah. it's going to be before it's done. Yeah, and that's not what I'm interested in. Yeah, did you have art or creativity in the home growing up? Yeah, so my gran lived with us, and she she was a really good painter, um, not just just as a hobby, but I think she could have you know she could have done pretty well out of it if she yeah. done, she tried to make a living out of it. So yeah, I was around that all the time. My mum made flowers out of sugar. I, and I, you know, when you're growing up, you just think, oh, everybody's mum must do this. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's only when you get older that you realise how unusual it is. And 
but her flowers were you you couldn't tell the difference between the real one and nice. the one she'd made like the way she colored them and yeah, yeah. The imperfections and the stages of a flower a different yeah it was really really amazing and then my dad was quite into photography he's a scientist so brilliant um he liked the technical you know technical kind of art of course yeah 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 nice so yeah i think and i think his mum was um a really really good lace maker oh wow so you had like creativity coming at you from all directions yeah i think it was if you've got any siblings are they creative um yeah my sister is in um she's down in dorset and she's she went down the food science and nutrition kind of path but I think like the desire to be creative has always been, yeah. um, you know, there. And she 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 wanted to get into um, like lino like lino cut and nice. Uh, but now she, she started a business of air garden. You know the air plants. So she gets like no. glass. Um, oh yes, I do. So yeah. Uh, she creates. She goes like beach combing in Dorset nice. and collects um, shells and bits of driftwood and just creates these little worlds Brilliant. of the plant. Um, and I think she wants to get more into, you know, the more making. So yeah, yeah she's she, she's got that, you know, the urge to make. Yeah, we all have. So did you always want to be around creativity and the arts? Yeah, I think from about 16, I decided that, you know, it was painting for me. I love painting. It's like every single day. In, at home and in the studio at school and did I did um, A-level art and graphics and I loved the graphics I loved the technical drawing but yeah. for me it's like I loved it just knowing the skill but it's I don't want to do that just yeah. that it's, it's a it's handy another, tool to have I suppose yeah like learning about perspective yeah. and, you know like technical drawing like exploded diagrams and shadows and um, how to achieve different effects, but it helped with an appreciation of, yeah, those those kind of things. In but in the painting and drawing, rather, I'm a bit more free than that. You know, I prefer it to be just let loose. Yeah. yeah. Well, how long have you been using the typewriter now as a drawing tool? Uh, it's about eighteen years. Wow. Yeah. So it's developed. It's, it's been through kind of lots of different stages. So you must have a really niche appreciation for a typewriter, as in the, the texture of each letter and what each letter can give you, you know, a, as a, a pattern, as it were. I couldn't really say, like, go and get me a, like, Olivetti letter uh, 22. Um, <laughs> I'm going somewhere and they say, oh, which typewriter? For me, it's like, I love the I love how you discover how you find a typewriter like yeah. it's, a, it's a car boot sale or a charity shop Brilliant. or sometimes eBay if I'm after something specific like this one here is the Imperial Good Companion like the name was just like Good Companion it was yeah it was ideal yeah um and just the fact that it's sitting there waiting to be found and picked and given a new like a new life for me it's like if it's kind of small, portable, if it types, <laughs> literally like that's yeah, that. That helps. Um, yeah. And, you know, the carriage is intact. Yeah. Then I'll, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a whiz. How many do you have at any one time? Probably in the studio I've got um, maybe six or seven in here. So I've got my A3. I've got, this is the, the one I 
sort of using all the time at the moment take it down to you know out and about missions um and then i've got yeah i've got i've got a backup one over there um in case this one and i've got i've got a couple of other alphabets but they don't really see the light of day very much um (laughs) but they're waiting for their moment like the greek one yeah yeah um and when i use something like that it's really you know i'm quite lost how can you imagine i love the character yeah because you don't know where you don't know where anything is or what you've got, so. Well, I suppose in your mind, everything is a tone of shade. Yeah. So, for instance, an L would be a sort of mid to, to low range tone compared to a capital A or something. Um, L's, lowercase L's, I would use for more like for vertical lines. Yeah. If I want a little bit of a fuzz around it, because when you start doing a vertical line with L's, you've got like the serif. So... I'd only do that if I want that extra bit of texture on the yeah. edge. Yeah, and then um, something like a uppercase A, again, yeah, it, it could be good for, I'm just thinking like Brilliant. a wood grain. Yeah, of course. Um, to get that kind of repeat. And then one thing that I found uh, over the years is that when I'm typing something with architecture, um, especially more modern, I use a lot of symbols. So it's like, hyphens, underscores, apostrophes, and not very many letters. But then when I get into nature, like natural subjects, trees, Uh, or or, or like the more like ornate architecture, like Victorian kind of, I get to use a a lot more um, numbers, lowercase letters. And like with the rocks that I did on the, when I'm typing like rocks, that's when I get, I'm really in the zone because it's like, you're just using everything, like throwing everything at it. But it is, it's, it could be like a lowercase j with a seven and then a four and then a well, percentage marker. I'm yeah. really like getting my teeth into everything. Well, it's experimenting with all those combinations over the years yeah. that I can well imagine that it's harder to try and think of what you do because it comes, it's pretty much second nature. You know, your finger knows to be on the, on the top row one second and dart over to the sort of yeah, bottom right the next. Yeah, it's so nice that somebody understands it. I can, I can propagate it because yeah. Yeah, you're not going to go, oh, I think I need a G. Literally, your fingertip and your brain are just working together. You're just there to keep them both going, aren't you? Yeah, you know? I'm just like channeling them, <laughs> them out. <laughs> I feel and, like it's a translation of, of what I'm seeing. Yeah. To my It's like my language that I've developed over yeah. the years. It's, I sort of soak up what I'm seeing and then kind of type it out onto Brilliant. the page. And would you say you've got the strongest fingers in the art world? Well, it's that. It's only one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you've got like... Finger. Bruce Lee used to do a, a one-inch punch, didn't he? You know, he could sort of knock you over with a finger sort of thing, so... Maybe I could recreate. <laughs> um, could I just sort of fast-forward a little bit to when you was on the Landscape Artist of the Year? I didn't write yeah. the date down. Was you 18? 2018. And how was that? Because you was very different to anyone else that probably that they've been on there you know you get a lino cutter on them programs sometimes and they stand out because um because that's very different but yeah a typewriter must have um yeah stood out immensely probably why they like had me on the show isn't it like either way whatever yeah who cares but it's great to to go on something like that because like we're talking about it now um you can really sort of show people closely um yeah 
it's like being at showing them in the street when I'm in the street yeah people have that encounter and really get to see it what I'm doing in kind of their own space and time yeah. um without me going come and have a look at this but yeah it was great to go it was a great experience um I was disappointed but relieved when they when I didn't get through because I was like I don't know if I could do that again you know well, I, bet every, I bet every other artist was pleased that you didn't get through because yeah. you must have been so annoying for them just just keep sort of <laughs> banging away and they're like oh for god's sake please hang on a minute some people say it's therapeutic hearing it oh is it the guy next to me Sam he he he, he said it was all right yeah because yeah, I was like well, is it annoying or anything but you're in these kind of perspex yeah. cube so yeah. there's a bit of a distance between you so but yeah it was amazing to be there and you know like asking the answering their questions and you know that chance to let people know what it really means yeah to me. and i'm not being funny here it's a bloody good advert for you as well wasn't it yeah didn't do too badly with the sales after, <laughs> and, after and, that yeah, going out. yeah and commissions good. and stuff so it really, really helps, you know, like any artist, a bit of exposure on their work yeah. um, helps to communicate. Of course. People, doesn't it? And, and the typewriter is a funny old thing because at the moment there's a certain half of society that sees it as quite a nostalgic instrument. And there's the other part of society that sees it as an antique of a, an era gone by, you know. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yeah, all of those things. Um, and I think at the moment I'm getting a lot of 50th commissions or prints. It's, um, and I love that. It's, it's, there's a bit of a, it's a harking back, yeah, to a time... Because it's kind of the end of it, wasn't it? Yeah. When we were, I mean, you're a bit older than me, but growing up, it was kind of the the, the right at the end of the, the common use of them. Well, it was so, still, when I was at school, and I, I know I'm sounding like fucking ancient here, but it was only in like the, the mid-80s, the girls had typewriter class. Oh, okay. And that was an actual class. So, and yeah. it was just above the entrance to our school. So sometimes when... 
you're sort of moving around the school. You could just hear the. Oh wow! I would have hated that typewriter classes. But could you imagine? I mean, looking at looking at it with today's eyes. Yeah. Could you imagine just giving the girls typewriting classes? I mean, that was you know the most common job for the girls to go for. Yeah, getting them ready. Secretarial, for yeah. You know, you, you can't really judge them with today's eyes, but... No, but, yeah, I think, you know, when people see what I do, um, there's I, I that's why I love doing doing what I do in public, um, yeah. doing it from life, because of that chance to, to have an exchange with a stranger who is curious enough to maybe, like, pass by a few times and be like, what's she doing? And then yeah. might maybe come up and talk to me. And it's like you're saying, like, it's all like there's an age, you know, the youngest, they're like, what is that? Yeah. And you're like, of course, why would you know? But uh, you get, so I get like to tell them to introduce them to the typewriter for the Brilliant. first time. And then I think that maybe there's a bunch of kids that are like scattered about the world that grow up thinking that it's a drawing machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love like getting them to, um, look at the keys. It's like there's a clue here, you know. What does that remind you of anything? And they say, you know, a keypad. And so, you know, like, oh, before computers, we had this. But actually, I like that it's a bit futuristic than computers. Yeah. It prints at exactly the same time as that when you type the letter. And then, Excellent. Like, and then, yeah, I love that you might get a lady that that spent her whole life typing on on a machine like this yeah. and it takes them straight they say it takes them straight back and i love that it's this um that it is a tool to connect the past of course the yeah in the present brilliant um and in my work i'm trying i'm sort of striving to get more authenticity in what i you know the sort of things that i type it sort of conveys that more in it yeah it's reaching to these different times and because I've definitely done things that don't have any meaning, just just to keep making and, stuff. And, and that's perfect. But, no. you know, you have to go on that. You have to do the thing to realise whether it's meaningless or not. You yeah, know? So. of course. It's all part of the course that you're on anyway, isn't it? But, yeah, nostalgia-wise, it's it's just oozing. And and we yeah. all know nostalgia always tastes, uh, tastes a bit better than reality, doesn't it, you know? <laughs> Wasn't it like a... I remember it being a bad word in art back in when I was at art school like nostalgia is like no no you mustn't do anything that's but I was always there to not do what they told me oh yeah I was <laughs> that's what I was just about to say to you I've never really taken notice of it because they're yeah. all just trends aren't they you know yeah yeah and it's you know it's like fashion you know there's certain things that are classic and timeless and yeah. call it what you like you know they're, they're powerful for a reason you know yeah yeah do you know when it was you realised that you wanted to be an artist? At 16, um, I think I was at school and I just got so into the painting and, you know, it was time to choose to go whether to go to sixth form. And I and I thought, yeah, sixth form art. I'd seen the art room. I was like, I want to be in there. I want to be right down the end. And I got right down the end, little corner. Excellent. And my friend put, made me a little sign on the masking tape going, Kira's Corner, <laughs> corner with a K. Brilliant. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that's where you'd find me, like, non-stop, listening to news, you know, classic kind of 
listening to music all the time, painting all the time. My my dad let me use like the front of the garage. Yeah. Um, as my little studio at home, and then I had another little corner in my bedroom, so it was just like non-stop really. And do you get a chance to paint still? I've been going back a, a bit, um, but using like rooted in my Typex. So I wanted to explore uh, different mediums, but like the pattern side of it, of the Typex, but maybe like try making a stencil or a screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and stamps. I love all those different processes of applying an image, but I like the texture of what, I, what I'm doing with the typewriter. So I'm on a bit of a, yeah, I'm experimenting quite a lot with that um, and getting, getting uh, paint and inks and just trying to, yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a bit of another tangent there. So. Well, your canvas normally is sort of roughly 20 by 30 centimetres. Do you think the process would still work if you, if you had stamps you was doing it on board that was like two foot by three foot. Do you think you could still sort of, I'm throwing my arms around here as if I'm picking letters up and stamping them on, but well, do you think that still be possible? I, yeah, so I've been doing big boards with, um, you know, like use that are this yeah. big on a screen, screen printing nice. them on and yeah, yeah. mixing it and layering more and just being really in instinctive and expressive. Yeah. It's like the other side of my brain that, it's kind of where I where I came from is the paint and letting the paint yeah. do whatever it wants to do. Yeah. Whereas the typewriter, if people that have never have only seen that wouldn't know about the other side, would they? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of keen to keep going in the different directions. Um, Brilliant. And the freedom of to to use paint and color, it's like yeah, it's the other. Yeah, I suppose you've got pretty much red or black to play with, yeah. haven't you, at the moment? I've, I've had a, a rainbow type uh, rib, typewriter ribbon yeah. from Luke. He does the rainbow. He makes them himself. And I did a parakeet because the green, the two greens that were on that ribbon were exactly the parakeet colours. Oh, there you go. So for Art Car Boot Fair, the flora and fauna one, I did a parakeet Brilliant. With, the, with the two greens. But I don't really like to use it too much, the colour, because I think it, the identification, you know, like... The, the, it loses yeah. its language, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, like the, I like the restrictions of the media. Yeah. It's like this medium, because it's, you know, you've got that much width, you've got this many characters, and do, do what you can, sort yeah. of thing. I mean, I can imagine yours mainly being black on white. The occasional use of the bit of red would make people like myself go... Oh, of course, typewriters have got a red bit of red ribbon as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of people still ask, where did you get that red then? So, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That, I'm um, open to all questions anytime. So I can imagine. Yeah. Kira, which piece that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection? I mean, you see this one here. This is like this is this is the blown up version of the smaller piece. I think it's because it's got my son in it and he's got nice. his hands in his head. Hands in his head? Head in his hand. <laughs> um, Either way. And this is me trying to get emotion out yeah. of the situation because he's got this kind of who knows what he's thinking. Yeah. Who knows what he's thinking any of the time. 
and is it my right to know you know yeah of <laughs> all course. those kind of motherly kind of the guilt and the is it me am i making him go like this? Um, what have i done to him yeah um, and then this, this was, it was in a pub actually, and this, the, above it was the, the, the glass that had, you know, those lovely old glass yeah, yeah, panels yeah. Um, with the, the cut designs, but I kind of wanted it to come out of his, like it's come, like it's his yeah, ideas nice. or thoughts coming out of his head, so that's what I mean by like trying to go for an authentic kind of yeah. vision and instinctive when it comes to he was sitting there it's from a photo so i just took a photo of him he didn't want me to take a photo i <laughs> <So it's, laughs> can relate to that yeah so yeah um that's probably that's probably one of the most for me personal pieces brilliant a good thing for your work is in fact from a distance it looks like a drawing with um an unusual texture then when you get closer it's that little well factor when you go Ah, that's what that is. It's always a good thing to have a, a layer to, to peel away. Yeah, I don't usually do it myself, but when I've got help in a fair or in a, when I've done pop-up shops or things like that, um, whoever's talking to people, kind of vaguely looking at my work, they'll say, oh, did you see how it's done? And yeah, if I'm sick, I've loved like seeing it from a distance, you see them going, yeah. oh yeah, and then you see them go, and you know, That's like nice. that. Yeah. For me, it's just like, yes, they've gone in. Yeah. Brilliant. Because <laughs> you've you've sort of reeled them in, haven't you? You know, with, yeah. with the image itself. And then as they get closer, it's um, a little visual gift, if you like, you know. Yeah, it's like unlocking a little key into yeah. another to the to your world. Yeah. And if you can get them to ask why, then you're doing your job. Yeah. And I think um, one person in the street goes, huh? <laughs> when they yeah. see them, then I'm like, job done, you know? Brilliant. Because not people don't go, huh, enough. <laughs> they can very much hear your keys tapping away from a distance because you use a, a microphone and speaker for them as well, don't you? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that you had that, that at the art car That was me thing. going electric, you see? <laughs> big art car boot. Yeah. If there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Oh, my God. I have thought about, you know, like if I did a, if I did a group show. Well, that's a really tricky one to answer right now. I'd like to think about it, but I can't, can I? Can I think about it? Well, we won't be doing a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just do it. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Come. Um, there's somebody from my my uni he was a really good painter and I always thought I'd really like to show with him and that's Richard Batty oh I um, think I know Richard Batty I think so I think but I love it that you've picked someone whose work you admired in those early days but yeah I've always thought I'd love to show with him there's another couple of people that were on my course that we we you know we weren't connected all these years but one of them I've got back in touch with, and I think we're going to do a collaboration. So, yeah, for me, it's like I really want to do collaborations. Well, talking of which, you've done one with Tracy Neal, didn't you, with the shoes? Yeah, yeah, the shoe. Two different images. Yeah. I've never seen a pair of shoes with two different images. I haven't seen anything like it, so I'm really proud of that we did that. 
And did they go into production or were they just a one-off? No, they, they did. Um, so she put a competition out in 2020, I think. My friend Yuna, she she said, Oh, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to submit something. And luck, I was the lucky winner. <laughs> and she got, I think, 39 pairs done. Oh, nice. And, and they sold out and then she's restock, she's restocking them now. Brilliant. So yeah, they're, they're really really beautiful shoes and really high quality and they'll last for years but this design is um really special and for me it was something that i imagined one day i might do with a shoe designer and like i'm hoping there's lots of other i, I want i can imagine it on so many things in so many well, it's opened up a, a possibility of an area that you've possibly or probably not even thought of before not tapped into it properly yeah. yet. Because <laughs> if you think of clothing and artists, you automatically think of T-shirts or hoodies yeah, or something, yeah. don't you, you know? Well, I can see it, like, you know, like ball gowns or, like, suits, Brilliant. men's suits. Yeah. With, like, maybe the lining is, is all tight. Nice, yeah. And, but it's finding the designer, isn't it? Could you not even just print your stuff onto silk or satin? Yeah. So and I go and take it to a, a tailor and say, like, you know... You know, I'll even give you six meters of this or whatever they need for a jacket. Yeah. And and see what it looks like, you know. Yeah. Um, so I got a dress made by somebody my sister knows for when I was at Dubai Watch Week. So nice. I, I put the I've got the fabric done with all the watch parts. Yeah. So I had that made, but I really, really love to collaborate. And you know, when the two minds get together, it's yeah. better than the sum of its parts. You know that kind of thing. That when the, all them brainstorming, I absolutely love all that. So to find somebody that 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 connects where our work really really connects with each other yeah. and um, there's like a synergy. That's what I that's what I really love to do. Because me making us getting a tailor to make a suit, um, I just think it's yeah it's it's getting together. Of yeah. Mind. Well, I love collaborations anyway. Not only doing them. I've done. I've had the opportunity to be able to create collaborations for other artists. You know, I done I put a thing, people together. So. Yeah, I done a thing called Face Value um, a few years ago. It only stopped when pandemic happened. So I would ask one artist to donate an artwork to me, in the knowledge that I would be giving it to another artist to do with whatever they want. But you yeah. don't know who that artist is. Okay. So you have no idea what the, the collaborative piece is going to be. Okay. So I could be giving it to a designer, shoe designer, dress designer, or I could be giving it to a graffiti artist or, you know, a portrait or whomever, you know. Yeah, oh, that's so interesting. And we've had some absolutely stunning, Where stunning we results. Well, I was we doing this that? at Jealous. I've done it okay. at Jealous twice. Oh, wow. It was a, a really interesting thing. Yeah, collaborations are... Yeah, they're a beautiful thing. I know, again, I'm you know tapping myself on the back, but it was a really good little thing that artists really enjoyed. Yeah, wow. Just looking at doing a, a face value four with another with another charity. With, 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 and you are perfect for it. You are perfect for it. I'd absolutely love to, yeah. And to see, you know, like every everything at the but end. Yeah, it was, it was quite yeah. good. But shall I ask you a question? Oh, man. <laughs> How about, if you wasn't an artist, what would you like to be? Oh, um, 
maybe something to do with food. Is that the influence from your sister? Well, we're all we all really appreciate food and but I don't know if it's yeah, I don't think I don't know. Or something to do with music, music or food, I think. If it wasn't art, it would be one do of those. Do you play anything? Something no. But I, I love, yeah, like yeah, it's one of those pa- lifelong passions. Of, I think I'd enjoy the live um when I was typing, I all these amazing artists at um, the War Child benefit. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. A few weeks ago, I just love that. It's like the electric vibe is. Nice. Just, and I was typing the eye of like everyone from Portishead, like Beth nice. Gibbons, who's like yeah. ultimate woman slash anyone eye that I wanted to type. Brilliant. Willing to do it. Thing you know, with food, it would be like in a in an environment that's buzzing, you know? Yeah. So do you feel a lot of difference between working in the studio and working in the street? I guess no one can hear my, like, laughter when I'm, <laughs> when I'm like, hitting on some sort of weird truth. But when it's on the street, I'm kind of, it's like a mad laugh in yeah. my head. When, when I'm doing something that is tapping into something that I don't understand, but there's something in it that is, is un- unexplainable. Um, and I get that in the studio, but I've got music on in the studio yeah. and in the in the street, it's just everything that's that's out there is. Well, you, you've got you, you sound better. You like you know you like singing and music. You've already got your mic and your speaker there. You're like some sort of aesthetic busker. I'm scared to actually do it, aren't I? <laughs> You're halfway there, aren't you? Me and my sister used to go to a thing called Cat Weasel in Oxford. It's oh, like it's know. poetry, song, and you know anything that you wanted to do, get up and open mic kind of thing. Yeah. But it's very much a nurturing kind of environment. Yeah, There's yeah. a couple of rules, you know. If someone's on the stage, you zip it. And, yeah. and me and my sister used to sit up on on the cushions at the front and watch like every act. And we were like, maybe one day we could. Brilliant. Yeah, maybe. And Matt Sage, who runs Catwiz, he used to say, remember, it's a million miles from where you're sitting to yeah, where they definitely. are there. And I don't know, we're both like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> but one day I, I got up and did a talk at the British Library, like a, a few weeks after my second baby was born. Um, it was called The Boring Talks. Nice. Um, and it was all about stationery and the guy running it, James, <laughs> James somebody, he did a talk about the, the staple. And I was just like, yeah, I've got to do that. So he asked me to come and talk about my work. And it was in the, the knowledge centre. So yeah, yeah. Um, with, with all the like lecture theatre kind of set up. And he said how many people were going to be there. And like that gives me just like panic <laughs> But I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I did it. And I, I was like wheeling my baby along, um, dictaphoning like what I was going to say. Um, and then I actually got got up there and did it. And uh, until the moment I was actually on the stage, I was like, had fight or flight, flight kind oh, of. Oh, been there. And how did you feel yeah. when you walked off the stage? Amazing. And there were moments when I was doing the talk that I actually enjoyed it. Got a couple of laughs as well. So that's the, that I, always I, helped. So. But it's it's nice to find that crossover moment between fear and enjoyment. There is a. Yeah, I didn't think there would be any somewhere. enjoyment at all. Yeah. Apart from that it was once it was done. Yeah, like every emotion of like adrenaline. And um, when I was doing the eyes of some of the artists, that were, a couple of them, it was before they went and did their gig and they said that it's the 
they never get that moment, like 10 minutes of nothing, not thinking of anything. And that it was, they really enjoyed, you know, it was a really, it was like a therapeutic kind yeah. of 10 minutes of like meditative almost. And then um, a couple of them came and did that, had their straight after coming off the stage. So for me, that's like, wow, like that's a privilege to yeah. capture. Uh, there must be some of that in that eye of what they've just done or what or, the, or what they're about to do. Because I was like, aren't you quite high from performing? And they're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> coming down. <laughs> they're so sitting there jittering. Down. And I was like, maybe like Mick Jagger would be like, I need Kira. <laughs> I need Kira. <laughs> A bit of relaxed yeah, therapy. Over. Fly her over, we need, we need our eyes typed. <laughs> And it, it was just the eye, so you was quite close up to him, was you? Just the eye, yeah. Um, so it's an ongoing project called Inspiring Characters. Yeah. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> and yeah, so is that is that focus? Yeah, brilliant. So that's. Oh, that's Paul McGann's eye. He was Excellent. there, and he. I had to say, oh, can you wait? Because Beth wants me to type her. So he, he was like, yeah, I'll wait. And I was just like, it's a surreal situation, but it felt like completely right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's something very different for, for them, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite exciting. If you're not in that world as such, it's quite exciting to just sit there in front of someone to see how they see you. That's why I like the, the, just the eye. It is like partly like the vision that, that um, I'm... Uh, have been inspired by in some way there is something they've said or done or an action that yeah that maybe is positive or like an attitude or and I just think that's their vision so yeah just the eye and the eye is 10 minutes you know yeah. so it's not taking up anyone's time really but the conversation that we have in that time yeah. is so for me it's like valuable it's like gold it's very intimate isn't it it's just you yeah. and that person there's no planned questions. It's just, do you want to do it? Yes. Okay, here we are. Let's do it. And I'm looking, especially if it's, if they're looking into my eye and we've never met, then it's this 10 minutes of staring into a complete stranger's yeah. eye. And you end up... Very, yeah, very, very personal. Because we don't always look each other in, especially in London, you know, we're avoiding eye contact all the time. And, yeah. Well, not everybody, but... One day, one day I hope to have all the eyes uh, when I find the venue and I have all the eyes around the room and the recording from the chat. Nice. Um, playing all out loud so that it's really distracting and um, you kind of like, as you go from one to the other, you, you sort of go into, you sort of catch little bits of what we talked about. Brilliant. Kira, have you anything coming up? I'm working with a brewery. Excellent. Uh, my kind of collaboration. <laughs> um, um, we, we're sort of launching a, a thing, um, hopefully at the end of the summer or early, early autumn. Nice. Um, so that's in Oxford. Um, I'm doing commissions and things, but uh, I don't have any shows or anything coming up, apart from little places that I like to... You know, there's a pub in Chiswick that has a wall of my work. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and I'm about to go and just swap all the work in there because they love telling everybody, you know, like doing that, huh? They, they, really, they really love the work and telling people that 
that drink there about it and um yeah i mainly do stuff places like that really, yeah where people kind of gather and enjoy themselves and yeah i thought the other one is um up in at banners in um crouch end that richard batty wants me to do so there's okay. a four and a half meter wall he had a he had a an exhibition a few years ago in Crouch End in that um, space, like an art centre up there. How can anyone find your work, be it Instagram or website? Um, it's at KR Typewriter Art on Instagram and Facebook a little bit, but yeah. Twitter and my website's uh, kirarathbone.com. I'm sort of building a new website, actually. So, right, Well, Kira, I think... That is all my questions asked. So thank you very much for your my time. To go. <laughs> yeah, you can go now. No, it was a genuine pleasure. I, I didn't really know you before, but I feel like we've connected now. Good. Yeah, thank well, you to answer some interesting questions as well. Not oh, just good. like how long does it take to do it? <laughs> <laughs> right, Kira, again, thank you for your time. Thanks, Gary. Well, Bye. See you later. Ta-da. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout-out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.